bless y'all. And I want to ask Chiquita if she'll come and open us up in prayer, and then we'll get going. Come on, Chiquita, and step up front. Everybody thank God for Chiquita as she comes. Amen. She did such a good job. So ready to give me back the mic. Amen. Can you turn me down just a little bit, Rico? Uh, all right. Rico is recording tonight, so um, I went ahead and submitted to the idea of using the microphone, although it's a little bit funny when I'm doing Bible study to use the mic because I like to walk around and wave my hands and clap them and all that stuff. But we're, this is our last study on giving thanks. This is our last study on having a thankful heart, on being thankful in this study is probably one of the most important studies of all that we've done. And it'll, it will have been five weeks on being thankful. I, I've learned more about being thankful over the past five weeks than I've probably known in all my life. And I've probably examined myself and my thankfulness. Have you done that as well? Have you taken the time to examine yourselves to see how really thankful you are for what God has done? And many times we take things that God does for granted, but I do not believe we'll be able to do that after these classes. So I want to begin by giving a definition for the word thank you. Um, had not done that from the dictionary as of yet, and the uh, definition for the word thank you is a polite expression of one's gratitude. That is simply all that thank you is. When you say thank you, you are demonstrating a polite expression of your gratitude, okay? So we find that we say thank you to God because, or anyone because something has been done for us that the other party did not have to do. They did it simply because they wanted to. And do you remember being little, a little person, and somebody gave you a cookie or a piece of candy or a little bit of money? Remember in the old days when they used to put the money in your hand and then fold your hand up? Um, as if the money was going to jump out and run. They, I remember them doing that, and I remember at that early age, some adult, maybe a mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, older cousin, Sunday school teacher, deacon in the church, somebody would say, say thank you. And we really didn't fully understand what it meant to say thank you, but we've been taught from our very earliest uh, existence to say thank you. And the only time that we didn't say thank you, listen to this, is when we did something ourselves. Very rarely do you thank yourself. So you go on about your day, about your life, and you don't even think about it. But the, the reality is, is that we're learning now that even if we do something, we've been empowered by God to do it. And so at the close of the completion of whatever it is we've done, we all should say what? Thank you. Because God has been good enough 
to empower us to do this. So I want to I want to get show you some scriptures here. The first scripture is Psalm 116 and 17, and I'd like somebody to read that scripture for me, um, uh, so that so that we can go over the scripture. Go ahead. Okay, so I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. That's a powerful scripture. We have another scripture here, Psalm 107, 21 through 22. Will someone read that one for me? Now, my question is, what was the theme of these two scriptures? Let me back up to these scriptures again. Read them. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. That's Psalm 116, 17. 107, 21 through 22 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So what's the theme in these two scriptures? What do you see woven through the fabric of both these scriptures tonight? Sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. That is the, the fab, that's the thread that's woven through the fabric of both these scriptures. The word sacrifice that thanksgiving can be a sacrifice. Say amen. So watch this. Watch this. The word sacrifice is that theme. Pastor Leslie, thank you for that. What comes to mind, though, when you hear the word sacrifice? What do you think about? Now, I don't want a definition. Definitions are easy. I want you to tell me what sacrifice looks like, what it feels like. What comes to mind when you hear or read the word sacrifice? Raise your hand and I'll point to you. What comes to mind? Pastor Leslie. Last piece of cake that she said. But someone asked you for it and you gave it to them. All right, she's still thinking about it. She's working on it. When you hear the word sacrifice, what comes to mind for you? Yes, ma'am. Giving up something. Yes, ma'am. Giving up something. We have two of those. Yes, sir. Giving up something that you want to keep. Very good. Yes, ma'am. Putting others first. Wow. Amazing. I like these definitions or these uh, interpretations of the word sacrifice. Anybody else want to want to be? Yes, ma'am. I don't feel like it. That that's really good. You 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 going down a different road there. You I don't feel like it. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to move forward. What comes to mind when you hear the word sacrifice? I'm going to give you a definition of the word uh sacrifice in in just a moment, but I want you to know that there will be times when giving thanks will not be easy. Okay? That's what this study's about. This study is about the times when giving thanks is not easy. Okay? Now, see, sacrifice is sacrifice in, thi in, in this particular study is when you do something 
And she said, you really don't feel like doing it. Something that's difficult to do uh, in the circumstances that you might be in. There are times when Thanksgiving is easy. Like when you get a raise on the job. When vacation time comes up. During the holidays, when you get extended days off, let the church say, when you get that new car, you got a good deal on it, a sale during Black Friday. Oh, let the church say amen. When, when a word was preached and you could identify with what was preached, it's easy to give thanks then, okay? But thanksgiving is not just reserved for good. There are difficult times in which we are called to still give thanks. Now, we talked about this particular scripture um, during one of our studies. In everything, give thanks, but this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, guess what? It is expected, no, required of us that we give thanks no matter what. So what we need to learn is how to get ourselves to a place where we can be continual thanksgivers. The scripture says that we're supposed to enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Now, a lot of times people don't come through those doors with thanksgiving. They are waiting on the, the singers to sing the right song. An elder to read the right scripture, uh, somebody to pray the right prayer, or the pastor to preach the right sermon in order for them to feel like giving thanks. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture didn't ask us how we felt. It didn't say if you feel good about your life, enter into the gates with thanksgiving. It didn't give us room for that. It said this is how you come into God's house. Well, let the church. So I want to read some quotes. I promise I have a quote every time. Here's our quote by a lady, lady named Marilisa Fabrizio. It says, obviously things won't go your way. Hmm. Won't always, excuse me, go your way. However, gratitude isn't an emotion that is reserved for those moments when you get what you want. When things go wrong, you can use the power of gratitude to release some of the negative emotions that you may be feeling due to the failure or setback you just experienced. So, Thanksgiving is the antidote to the negative feelings that you feel when things go wrong. So when something goes wrong and we feel those negative feelings, that depression, that worry, that anxiety, Thanksgiving is the antidote to that. It is, Thanksgiving is your antidepressant. It is a natural antidepressant. It is a natural anti-anxiety cure. It's, 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 if you give thanks, remember, if we are thankful, we can't be depressed at the same time. Because when you start thinking about the goodness of God, depression will flee. 
Because your mind is on something else. Your mind has now been taken off of the negative event. So now you can't dwell on that. Now you're dwelling on the goodness of God. Say amen. So we're learning something. She said more. She's not done yet. She says, after a negative event, put things in perspective by remembering that every difficulty carries within it the seeds of an equal or greater benefit. When faced with adversity, ask yourself the following questions. Not even going to go to the questions yet. I just want to say that seed thing blessed me. She said, realize that with every negative event, that the difficulty carries within it the seeds of an equal or greater benefit. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Guess what? The negative event has in it the seeds of an equal or greater benefit. What does that mean? There's something coming good to us that is equal to the, to the, benef- to the, de- to the difficulty or even greater than the difficulty. So it'll be an even swap with no swindle, or even it'll be much better. Let the Bible study say, because that's how God works. So something, let me, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Joseph, remember this? Joseph betrayed by his brothers. Remember that? Remember the brother said, let's kill him? And then they say, no, no, we shouldn't kill him. So they threw him into a pit. They waited until the traders came by, and they sold them to them, and then they sold him to Potiphar. And then after being sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, turned her down. She lied on him. He ended up in prison. Then he interpreted dreams for two people. They both forgot him when they got out. But then when Pharaoh had a dream, one remembered him. And then he went, he interpreted the dream, and then Pharaoh brought him out. And then he had a plan after the dream for how to keep Egypt in, in, in the blessed state, even though there was a famine. And then the family had to come there to Egypt in order to get food because there was a famine. And you remember they went in and they saw him and they thought that he was going to kill them. And he looks at them and he says, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. You guys would have starved to death if you didn't put me in that pit. Y'all would have died of starvation and everybody else around here if you didn't throw me in the pit. Thank you for throwing me. And it was already prophesied to Abraham that his people would be in slavery. So if they didn't go to Egypt hungry and he invite them to stay there and live, there would not have been a Pharaoh who arose who did not know Joseph. And he would not have taken and made them slaves and afflicted them and they would have never came out a nation like God promised. So every, everything, let me tell you something, there's no ingredient going into your stew that's not good for you. God, it's like a gumbo. God does not put unnecessary ingredients inside of it. If it happened, it's, if it happened, it's part of it. So I asked the question to the early morning Bible study, how many of y'all will put peanut butter in your macaroni and cheese? How many of y'all would do that? How many of y'all would take a heaping spoonful of chunky Jif peanut butter and put it in your macaroni and cheese? Then what makes you think 
that God would put anything into your life that wasn't taking you towards your destiny. If you, if you got enough going on in your mind to know better than, than to mess up your, your recipe with a, an ingredient that don't fit, then surely God knows not to mess up his plan with things that happen in our life that don't fit. So for that, the whole Bible study ought to begin to rejoice and start saying, thank you. I don't even like, you might not like how it feels. And he never promised you you'd like how it felt. He never promised you any of that. He never said, you're going to like how this feels. You're going to enjoy this. You're going to have fun on this road. He never promised none of that. Just like he told Egypt, he, he told Israel, he said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. But he never said getting there was going to be easy. He didn't never say that Pharaoh wouldn't come track him down. He says, I'm going to release you from Pharaoh. But Pharaoh still came after him. He never said that they wouldn't be thirsty. He never said that they wouldn't be hungry. He just promised to get them to the promise. We're looking for ease. And when it ain't easy, we don't want to give thanks. Scripture, on the other hand, says it's going to be difficult. It says people are going to hate us. It said it. It said there's going to be tribulation. It said it. The devil showed that he don't mind bothering anybody because he bothered Jesus. And the servant is not greater than his master. So if he bothered Jesus, he's going to bother you. He left Jesus alone for a season. That means he only leaving you alone for a season. Let's have Bible study tonight. But Jesus overcame the devil with the word. So he showed us how to whip him. Somebody ought to say thank you. At least now I know how to deal with this joker when he come my way. So instead of lamenting over the fact that he came, I'm going to rejoice over the fact that I know how to deal with him. It is written. He hear those three words, he know what's coming at him. Say amen. So let's, let's look at this now. Let's look at something. Four things, the four questions we need to ask. Number one, what's good about this? We need to ask ourselves, now this, is, this lady is something now. Say we need to ask the question, what is good about this? This is all the quote that I pulled. Number two, what can I learn from this? Number three, how can I benefit from this? Number four, is there something about this situation that I can be grateful for? These are the four questions she said that we should ask. What's good about this? What can I learn from this? How can I benefit from this? Is there something about this situation I can be grateful for? Very good question. What's good about this? I was talking to some, we were talking about this on Facebook. Somebody said, somebody wanted to testify. They testified that they had made an agreement with somebody to, to receive something from them. And then that they got up and they went to go get it. And then the person told them when they got there that they gave it to somebody else. And the person told me at the time they couldn't see any good in that. So I asked the person how they, do, how they handle it. And they said, well, I handled it pretty good. I didn't get angry. I didn't raise my voice. And I said, that's good. I said, did the person know you when you were unsaved, before you got saved? They said, yeah. I said, then that's real good. <laughs> because they knew who you were before you got saved, and now they got to see how you act after you got saved. They got to see a real man of God act like a real, come on, y'all. That was good, wasn't it? 
And it was also good that he got to see that he could act right. <laughs> I'm saying it's good all up in that thing. So, see, sometimes we're just not looking closely enough. One time when you got that cut off notice, you cried. Now, this time you prayed. One time you used to pray in fear. This time you prayed in confidence. Good in that thing. You just got to look for it. I'm going to tell you, if you take a minute to quit looking at the foolishness and, and, and take a, a minute to look at the blessings, you'll rejoice in the midst of trial. You really will. And I tell you, I had to buy four tires for that car. You got them put on there? Yeah, they're on there. They own the car? Yeah, they got air in them? Yeah, the people let you drive off? Yeah. Well, then you ought to give God the praise. Because somebody riding around today on bald tires. Tires as bald as my head. No tread. Praying that it don't rain. You can slam on brakes in the rain now. Nah? Somebody say thank you. I'm just saying what I'm saying. I don't want to live there. You living somewhere? I'm just saying. There's good in this. There's good in it. I, I mean, I mean, if only people who see good in something is somebody who don't want to. And they're going to stay depressed. But I don't need them around me. I'm on tape saying this, ain't it? Well, shoot, too late now. I don't need no depressed people messing my spirit up. I'm just serious, man. If I encourage you through the word of God and you want to stay depressed, I'm gone. I'm just saying, what can I learn from this? Did I cause this? Did I do, am I the reason that this happened? That again. Was I sowing seeds to cause this event? We need to ask those because we look blaming the devil. Y'all heard that story about the devil porch of the, of the church with his hand, head in his hands. Pastor passed by and said, hey, Satan, what's wrong with you? He said, man, them Christians. He said, what's wrong with the Christians? He said, they blame me for everything. Had him depressed, sitting on the church steps. Half the stuff we put on him, on him, us. It goes back to that decisions Bible study. We, <laughs> we just, we sowed some seed and the harvest came. And we Christians, we famous for sowing seed and then praying for the harvest to die. But the scripture says, as long as the earth remains, there's seed, time, and harvest. That thing got to spring up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Death and life are in the pot of tongue. We say stuff, and then it come. And we be like, oh, the devil, no. Anyway, yeah, he is a liar. He's, that's true. That is true. But he didn't have anything to do with this. How can I benefit from this? Can I learn something? Can I grow? Can my faith grow? Can I get stronger? Can I learn not to fool with that person like that anymore? Because How many of y'all ever been betrayed by somebody? You know what I learned about betrayal? Betrayal is God's way of letting us know who that person is before it's too late. When somebody, betray, when somebody betrays me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because, see, you were saying one thing with your mouth. But your actions just blew the lid off. Now I know who you are. And then you can still be nice to them and still be kind to them. But you know something. 
See, the scripture calls us to still be Christians now. Uh-oh. But now you know how you know who that. It wasn't like Jesus didn't know who Judas was. He knew, fully aware. Treated him just as good as he treated everybody else. After you've seen all you've seen, heard all you sir, learned all you learned, heart still. <laughs> Preach, Reverend. Is there something about this situation that I can be grateful for? Well, certainly. Not as bad as it could have been. Could have been way worse than this. Sometimes the timing in which things happen is a blessing. What if that job would have happened six years ago? Oh, my goodness. God, I got to say thank you. You, you feel me? That job happened when you were at this point in your relationship with God. I'm just saying. To be grateful for if you just look. I have some tips. I have some tips for everybody here, to, to, including myself, to help us to be able to be thankful at any time. We learned a lot about being thankful, didn't we? But this part right here is the key component. This is going to close the door on our thankful series. And I think this is going to really be one of the most important classes that we've had. Here's some tips for us. Start the day with a thankful attitude and end the day with a thankful attitude. Make being thankful a habit. I don't know how many times you have to do something in order for it. How many? Seven times. You do something seven times, Pastor Leslie said, and it starts forming a habit. Make being thankful a habit. Wake up in the morning. Thank you. Go to sleep at night. Thank you. Make that a habit because you're developing a thankful attitude. Here's some scripture. You ready? It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name most high. Now, that's good, right? Look at this. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness, how often? Every night. So, in the morning, we declare his loving kindness. At night, we declare his faithfulness. In the morning, we thank him for his loving kindness. At night, we thank him for his faithfulness. In the morning, we thank him for his loving kindness. Why? Because he let me see. Come on, preacher. Another day. Now, while our bodies were almost in a state close to death, our breathing slows down so slow. That it's, it's almost right above, it's, it's right above passing away. But he didn't let us slip off. He didn't let the house catch on fire and us burn up in the house. Talk to me. So he didn't let anybody kick your door in and come in and hold you hostage in your own home. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. He let you hear the alarm clock go off or let you wake up naturally. However it happened, that's loving kindness. And don't get me started on faithfulness. You made it through all day, especially y'all that work on the port. You didn't get run over by them jokers speeding on the port? Huh? 
You didn't turn your vehicle over today. Nobody came in your job and shot the place up. Yes, thank you, God. You let me make it through the whole day? That's faithfulness. Help me. You know, I, I've been going back to this, and that thing been in my spirit. You remember the old people used to say through dangers, seen and unseen, stuff that you could identify and the stuff you missed. There's some stuff God protected us from we missed. We didn't even know it was happening. That's some faithfulness there. To watch over us all day, protect us all day. Now, the question is, have we been faithful all day? Because if we hadn't been faithful all day, our, our thanks at night ought to be a shout. It's a good thing that God is not faithful based on our faithfulness. It's a good thing God doesn't say, I'll be as faithful as you are. Anybody grateful that God is not like man? I got to tell you, I'm, I'm grateful. That, that kind of faithfulness is something that's unseen from humans. If you met a human that was that faithful, that person would be remarkable, wouldn't they? Because we let our feelings get involved. God doesn't operate on feelings. He operates on his covenant. That's God. He operates on principle. We let. Won't he love you? His love. Some of us, we. He don't change. He operates on principle. Oh, that's, that's how he works. Say amen. Let's look at something. So we're declaring his loving kindness. Make it a habit. Make it a habit to be thankful. So when y'all wake up in the morning, when we wake up in the morning, before we go brushing teeth, thank you, Lord. Thank you for waking me up. And then when you brush your teeth, thank you, Lord. I have teeth to brush. I don't have I don't have all mine, but I'm thankful for what I have left. If I got dentures, I could buy them. Praise God. Thank you for the polydent, the fix a dent, the effident. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for thank you for this house. I challenge you tonight to walk around where you live. I challenge you to look at your bed tonight. When you sit on it, think, think about how comfortable that is. Think about the man that's laying on the street. I challenge you not to be thankful when you think about where you could be sleeping. It's, it, it's good in this thing, man. Everything might not be going our way, but we have so many reasons to be thankful. We're alive. That means things now have the opportunity to get better. If we were dead, there's no more room. When we're alive, there's room for improvement. Then when we lay down at night, God, thank you. Brought me through another day. Helped me to go to work, to be able to make money, to provide for my family. Thank you, God, that I can pay Georgia Power one more month. Thank you, God, 
that I can keep this car for another 30 days. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to complain about the money I spent. I had it, God. Ten years ago, it was a struggle to do this thing. Thank you, God. Amen. Choose to be thankful. That's our second tip. Choose. Make a choice. Make a conscious decision to be thankful. Thankful, being thankful not both, it's not emotionally driven. At least it shouldn't be. It's 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 decision. It's an act of a will. Choose, I choose to be thankful. I love that scripture where it says, I set before you today. Life, death. And uh, I set both before you. And then the man of God said, choose life. Now, we're in the room thinking, you wouldn't have to tell me <laughs> to choose life. I would know inherently to choose, but it was obvious that they didn't. So every day there's a decision to be thankful or ungrateful. To be joyful or depressed. To be angry or forgiving. Every day we have choices to make. So if we're mad, nobody made us. We chose it. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, an, an option was offered. The Holy Spirit gave us another way, gave us an out. We choose. So we get to decide whether we're thankful or not. Not our circumstances. Choose it. Choose ye this day to be thankful. Leviticus 22, 29. Look at it. And when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, how do you offer it? Of your own free will. Not forced. You don't need anything to prod you. On Sunday mornings, praise should be so easy. And it, people have to tell us to say thank you. But if we sit for a minute and think, thank you is easy. Right? We choose, we can choose to look at the good in our lives. To look at how good God's been, even though he didn't have to be that way. To, to, to acknowledge the fact that he has not given us what we deserve. But he has given us what we don't deserve. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing when you go to the gym and you don't feel like it. Some of the best workouts are on the days when you didn't feel like it. You end up working out at a level 
that on your good day you could not achieve. So if you start giving God praise, even if you don't feel like it, I believe that thing will raise your levels to the point where you will go into a place in the presence of God that will make you wonder why you were depressed in the first place. It's a choice. Today, we choose to be thankful. And we offer this of our own free will. God, if you don't do another thing that this, 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 this out of this world good, I'm still going to say thank you. Because of your track, your track record, you've already done so much. Amen. You think you think about this. Think about this for a moment. You breathe, you're breathing right now, and you weren't even thinking about breathing. You know why we're not as thankful as we should be? Because God's so smooth. God's working, and you can't even see it. Eyes batting. Nose hairs filtering toxins. Heart beating. You wouldn't even think about your heart, were you? Beating away, wife. You got your mind on something else, your heart. Blood flowing. Anybody got up in here this morning and turned your blood on? I'm just asking, did you, did you get up and flip a switch and your eyes turn? Everything just. He's so good at what he does. He's so good. Good. He's such a professional. God been there and you didn't even know he was there. Only reason we know he's there because we know he's everywhere. And then see what happens is, like that baby, that little baby was, was, was thrown out of the car and they found that little baby in that little area. See, that's when we see God. That's see, we don't see God in the fact that that for, for, for however long that baby been living, they've been traveling up and down that road, and there was no accident. We don't see God in that. We don't see God until her life was saved in an accident. We get an accident, tear the car up. Ooh, that was God. Yesterday you drove down that same street, and you didn't get in a wreck. Woo, that was God. I didn't have no money to pay my bills, Pastor. I was all out of money. And then all of a sudden, God had touched Brother Dylan's heart. And he gave me $100. And I ran down to Georgia Power and I paid my bill. Won't God do it? Well, you had the money to pay your bills last month. And guess what, baby? God did that. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Would somebody gently touch your neighbor and say, God did that? That's that good, that all that fluidness, that smoothness, that was God. Include thank you in your prayers. You say, yes, sir, Brother Dylan. <laughs> Include thank you. Fill your prayers up with thank you. Really, really. I want to show y'all something that you cannot leave out of the formula. I don't like to use the word formula. I don't want to use recipe. You just can't leave it out. Okay? Listen to this. Be anxious for nothing. 
what? Nothing. Watch this. But in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. You can't leave thanksgiving out. Your prayer has to be with thanksgiving. Your supplication has to be with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is your plus one. You have to have thanksgiving with the prayer. You have to have thanksgiving with the supplication. It says, let your request be made known unto God. So be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So as you're asking God for what you're asking him for, do it with thanksgiving. So no more of us praying scared. No more of us praying out of fear. We're praying with the spirit of thanksgiving. And it'd be good to say, Lord, I just want to thank you for how good you've been. I want to thank you for the many months, God, that this problem did not come my way. And I want to thank you, God, that I have the faith to pray and that I believe your word. And then as you begin to pray for what you want, God, I want to thank you that you're going to do it because you're a God of covenant and you, work, you operate off principle. And, God, I thank you that I know you love me. Say amen. And that all things do work according to my good. All things, because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Thank you for that, God. See, we're thanking God. Now, what happens next? What happens next? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our, our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So when we, when we pray, supplicate, and with thanksgiving make our request be made known unto God, he releases peace from the heavens that we do not understand. We can't even explain why we're peaceful. It said it will guard our hearts and our minds. I like that idea, that, that, that imagery of an armed guard. I don't know what your guard is armed with, but mine is armed with one hand a sword and the other a, 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 a AK, whatever. It's, ain't nothing getting in here. Nothing getting in here. I see an actual armed guard. And I see in the spirit, I see an armed guard walking, walking past my heart and my mind. And anything coming in to try to mess with my peace is going to get taken out. The peace of God is guarding your heart and your mind. Thanksgiving releases that. It releases that peace. Our prayer requests, our requests, but with thanksgiving. It's accompanied by thanksgiving. Right? You know that praise ought to be a part of your prayer? Abba Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Boy, he blessing God, ain't he? He ain't even asked for anything yet. Just magnifying God. Good stuff there, y'all. So, lastly, remember how blessed you are. I think that's my final tip for tonight. Remember how blessed you already are. Sit down. I want you to do it right now. Take an inventory of your life. I want you to think about how blessed you are right this minute. How many great things God has done for you? 
How many things went right today? Think about it all. Think about where you came from. Think about where you started, where you are right now. Things went wrong, some things happened to you. Some things didn't happen for you. A lot went right. And with all that stuff that did happen, that our flesh continues to remind us of, that Satan whispers in our ears about, we made it here. We are probably better off than our forefathers before us. Even with our struggle, we have great grandmamas and great granddaddies who wish they could do what we can do. They prayed for a day like this one. Here we are. Just grateful. I can go to any bathroom I want. I can drink from any fountain I want to drink from. Yeah, there's still some inequalities and some injustices, but it's not what it was. God Almighty. Amen. And they were grateful then. They were grateful then. Yeah, people, people in foreign countries, man, don't have near what we have. They walk the church. They walk the church. And those other countries, a friend of mine, Bishop Seals, he, he's a bishop over some churches in another, I can't remember where it is. Not, not. No, it's not Africa. It's a Honduras. Yes, it's Honduras. He said the people got on a truck, a, 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 a Burnham big truck. They loaded in the truck, packed the truck, had to ride two hours to get to church. Had church all night and then had to ride two hours to get back home and then go to work. Church across town. and We so blessed in America, we don't know what to do with ourselves. I'm serious. We're so blessed. Our poor people rich to the people in Haiti. People, people here complaining about living in the projects, complaining about, about dealing with roaches. Them Haiti people will be like, look at here, bro. Them Haitians say, you, bro, you come over here, I come over there. I'm just saying, they out of doors. They, they have, um, y'all seen it on TV, they have 10 roofs, 10 huts. Poverty, man. Wash your clothes in the river. You got a laundromat on your on your corner. In the house. I'm just saying. I, you see how good we. I'm just saying we should be, be a little more thankful. We got it so good. This car don't have leather seats. I don't want no car without leather seat. My seat used to be vinyl. And it used to be about 30 of them on each side. And people I didn't know used to ride in the car with me. I used to have to stand on the corner and wait on it to come. <laughs> it's called Cat. On the, cor on the corner of Gwinnett and Pennsylvania, waiting on the number 10 E Savannah. Y'all know it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wait, waiting on the B. U.S. The number three, Elder? The number three, Augusta Avenue? The number four? The Barnet? I remember the number four Barnet. 
I remember that one. Y'all didn't have that? Y'all even have a bus where you live. <laughs> that brother didn't even have a bus. Y'all feel me? Thankful, man. We just walk outside and just, zoom. we got it good. I remember, this is funny, I remember we had this Lincoln. I wanted Lincoln so bad. We had this big baby blue Lincoln with the steel blue seats. And you had to put one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. That bad boy shut off on you. I'm talking about shut off smooth on you. You see, you go to hit the gas and nothing happened. It's We had one car. I used to have to sit outside National Linen and wait on my wife to come get me. She was in class. Worked hard all day. Outside and wait. I come and go as a please. I have an, uh, an, uh, uh, an, uh, something for y'all to do. It says, for this reason we also rejoice. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, okay? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing the knowledge of God. The next slide came up. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Ready? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Last scripture, here it is. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Qualified us for heaven. We are so blessed. God qualified us for heaven. Through the son of his love. If it wasn't for God. You're talking about going through stuff here. You're talking about hell on earth. Some people have hell on earth and then they go into hell. Bruh. <laughs> you ain't going, I'm telling you, bruh, not twice. I love this dude right here. I love him. That's some enthusiasm right there. No, for real, y'all. We've been conveyed. Listen, we were, how many of y'all were under the power of darkness? Now we've been conveyed into the kingdom of light. We've been brought into the kingdom of light by his son. Blessed are we. We're saved. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are blessed beyond measure. We know God and we're known of God. People don't, a lot of people don't have that benefit. They don't have the benefit of the peace of God. Because you can't have the peace of God without God. It is impossible to have the peace of God unless you have peace with God. So, we're going to do the RLCF thankful sing-off. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, that's perfect. 
So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven over here. So I'm going to need one person to go over here. One, two, three, four, five, six over here. I'm going to need one person from over here to go over here. You got two teams. You got three minutes to write a song on thankfulness. Each team will be given, we got to have three minutes because we're running close. So each team will have three minutes to compose a song, one minute in length or less, about thankfulness. Each team must elect a team captain who will draw their genre of music from the hat. Each team will sing their song in front of the class. All songs must contain references to what you are thankful for and how thankful you are. Teams, go ahead and get together. But I'm going to get you your genre right now, okay? I got I got some. I was supposed to have genres in a hat. All right, I was supposed to have genres in a hat, but I have genres in my mind. Genres in my mind in my hat. Okay, team captain. Who's the team captain? Team captain over here. Pastor Lesson, team captain over here. All right, who's team captain over here? All right, Jasmine, team captain over here. All right, all right. Boom, boom, boom. All right, boom. All right, a number between one and ten. Seven. Okay, a number between one and ten. Okay, you win. Okay, your genre is gospel. Your genre is country. Three minutes. Start now. This week, we'll learn the quickest way to add background and foreground images to presentations by using drag and drop and copy and paste. Let's begin with a blank slide image. Dot images are one of the main backgrounds in the service. By downloading the 